Okay, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Paul Shadell. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. Shoot, Coach, the honor is the honor is all mine. I I have been researching your career and your your background, and gee whiz, Coach, you have uh, you're very uh, very successful. Well, it's been a it's been a fun time. It's um, I I miss certain aspects of the coaching part. Uh, when I did it for almost 50 years, and uh, but I um, I don't miss some of the things that are going on in college football today. I, I don't miss those at all. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's been a good time. We've had a lot of success, uh, some ups and downs, and um, it's been good. Yeah. So, coach, talk a little bit a little bit about your your career. Obviously, it was a long and very prestigious career. But just uh, for the listener that doesn't know. Just give us a little background, and then uh, then we'll go from there. Well, I'm from just a little town in Ohio, and uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And um, you know, it's 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 a, such a change uh, the, the fortunes of how your how your life is shaped. Um, I was in high in, a, in an algebra class one day, and and. Uh, my high school coach comes in. He said, there's a coach here from Miami. And I said, where's Miami? I had no idea where it was. And uh, he came in and um, he uh, talked to me for a while. The coach gave him some film and never heard from him for six weeks. I never heard another word from him. And, and I was on the farm and, and doing chores one day, getting ready for a basketball game that night. And, and the coach calls and said, can you come down uh, tomorrow? And, uh, I said, well, I asked my mom, somebody, because my dad was working. And so they, um, um, she said, yeah, we could do it. So we drove four hours to Oxford, was offered a scholarship, had no idea what the scholarship included, and um, came home and wound up taking it. But that's, that's what the recruiting process was. I mean, today it's just so much more sophisticated, but that, um, you know, made it. And then from then on, it was just, um, I, I played for Bo Schembechler, John Con, John Pont recruited me. And then Bo came my freshman year and, and uh, I wound up being a GA for him. And then through Miami Connection, went to New Hampshire as a Miami grad. And then I went to Colorado State, which was another Miami grad, which was my coach. And then I went back to William & Mary, which was another Miami Connection. And Went to Syracuse for one year, which was through Bo, and then went to Michigan for 10 and Ball State for 10 as the head coach. And um, it was a Colorado or uh, Central Connecticut for three years. And then I went to Albion and then retired, went to France uh, for a while. And then I went to Germany and coached. So, and then I've just been out of it since 2013, really. And so, but it's been fun to follow and enjoy my contacts and the relationships I've had uh, over those years. And, uh, but football has changed a lot uh, from recruiting to the style of football. And some things still remain the same, though. But uh, that's kind of the synopsis of my career. Yeah, Coach, man, how recruiting has changed. I remember being recruited in the early 2000s, and it was, it was wild then. It's even more wild now from what I've, what I've, what I've gathered. Oh, with the NIL and all those things. And uh, it's, I just don't know how coaches do it today. I mean, it's, I always, you know, my, my, my concept in 
coaching was you recruited somebody, you you gave them an opportunity for an education, a four-year education, and, and to be part of a program for four years. Uh, you know, sometimes it works out for you and sometimes it doesn't, you know, but I mean, it's all based on how hard you work and, uh, you know, who you play for and stuff. And I think it's important. I used to tell my coaches when you're going to take another job, I said, you know, yeah, it's, it might, might be a step up, but just make sure you, you like the guy you're with and he's loyal to you and, you know, and that there's, you know, there's some integrity with it and you treat the kids right and you, you know, you just do things the right way. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, this transferring and moving from one school to another for one year and another year and another year. Uh, I don't think that's the, the college, the college experience is getting to know your people and you have friends and you make lifelong uh, connections and uh, you make out of it what you put into it. You know, if you, if you don't work hard, then it's not going to work out for you. And, uh, so it's just, it's, it's different. And uh, I just hate to see, I told my son, I said, you know, you can go anywhere you want to, but you're not transferring. Mm. You know? <laughs> except, except he wanted to transfer. And he went from, uh, he was in Ohio Westland for one year, and then he wanted to go to the Naval Academy, which was the only place I would let him go because you start over as a freshman mm. and you have your, you have your contacts. And I think that's the, that's the college experience that is, is important. Mm, absolutely. Coach, I have to say, I'm a huge Michigan football fan, uh, a huge Bo Schembechler fan. Uh, so I would love to hear about your connection. So he became the head coach when you were a player at Miami, and then you ended up working for him. How did, how did all that – how did you, you perceive that, and what are your thoughts of him? And I'll just let you well, go from there. Well, I mean, he's, uh, you know, a very integral part of my life. He was a great person. He had integrity and – um, you know, he just, he was hired. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was uh, tough on you, but, uh, I mean, I named my son after him. So mm -hmm. I thought quite a little bit of probably, um, but he, you know, he, he came into Miami and he was hard and, but then we stayed in contact all those years. And, uh, uh you know, he, he, he says he farmed me out for seven years and he said, he put me in the farm system before he brought me back. Oh man. Um, I said, I said, well, thanks a lot. So don't put me in the farm system. But, but um, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was wonderful work for him. It was, you know, it was hard. You know, he, we, you know, we won five Big Ten championships while while I was at Michigan in the ten years I was there, and we had, uh, you know, the, we'd win the, we'd go to the Rose Bowl. We went to the Rose Bowl five times, and uh, and and won won one of them. You know, and. But every time we'd come back, you know, we it was a great year, and we'd have, you know, there weren't very many teams going to bowl games then, and uh, we get in, and you'd feel guilty if you didn't get out on the road right away. I mean, we never stayed at the at the bowl game. I mean, we worked all the time we were there. We had meetings every day, and we leave, you know, a lot of times the next day. Mm. We go and, and we go home. And, I mean. You know, our families had a good time, and that was important for them. They, they, there was a reward for them for all the sacrifices they made during the year. But, uh, um, you know, it was just it was so frustrating. We'd be on the road to get us, God, we never even got to you know, go to do anything. And uh, But we always picked the hardest teams. 
we had a chance to go to the Fiesta Bowl one year. We said, oh, let's go to the Fiesta Bowl because it was great for families, great thing, you know. Nope, we went to Auburn. We went to the Sugar Bowl and played Auburn with, you know, Bo Jackson and all those guys. And, mm. um, you know, it was, <laughs> we always had the tough teams. And, but that's just the way he was. You know, he always he worked to play the best, and that's what we were, you know, taught to do. But he was a great guy to work for and, uh, you know, stayed close after that. And, I remember as a, as a coach at Ball State, I said, I told my secretary, there are three people you can you would interrupt the meeting for, my wife and for my son, Colin, and Bo. Mm. Maybe not necessarily in that order. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, but we, you know, I'd come up to Michigan, you know, after when I was at Albion, and, um, you know, he, uh, we'd go down to the office and he'd say, he'd say, Cheryl, get in here and sit down. So we go in there and we'd say, we'd talk for an hour, you know, mm. and just, we'd reminisce and we'd talk about things going on. And so it was fun. It's, uh, it's been good. Mm, that's awesome. Coach, coach, I'm, I'm looking at your, your bio here on, on Wikipedia. What, what really, one of the things really stands out to me is you waited almost 20 years to be a head coach. And now in the profession, guys want to be a head coach after one year. That's, that's really and impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, I think it was about 42, I think, when I became a head coach. And, uh, um, you know, Bo always said, you know, you do the job where you are and your opportunities will come. Mm. I mean, I applied for some jobs and uh, I, I applied for a couple of jobs when I was at, um, at Michigan before I got the Ball State job. And I really wasn't, wasn't that interested in Ball State at the time and my, the secretary she came and says you need to apply for that job you know? so I applied for it and you know wound up getting it you know and uh, the least you know the one I probably worked the least on I got it you know and so uh, yeah I, that's just a change in the times you know the guys want to move so fast and uh, uh, they get a job and they're, they're working to get the next one mm-hmm. and I don't think that I always told my coach, I will help you if you legitimately want to get another job, I will help you with it. I mean, I lost, I had 16 coaches leave me in my time there to go on to better jobs. Mm. Uh, probably only one of them wasn't the best job he could take, but he wound up being a head coach later on. But I had 16 of them leave me to go to Big Ten schools, to, to the Big A, to other places. And um, you know, that it was good moves for them and, and I, and I helped them, you know, but what, what I didn't, what I, if guys were just out to, you know, move on, I had one coach that, um, he, he came to me and I, I told a friend of mine called and he said, um, he asked me about a guy and I didn't really highly recommend it. He said, but I got a guy here you'd like to talk to. I think he'd be really good. And I wasn't trying to get rid of him. It's just he'd been with me for six years. And, he, you know, it was time he, he could move on. This would be a great job for him. And so uh, I said, well, I'll think about it. So he calls me back. said, can I talk to him? So I brought a coach in and he, I, he talked to the guy. And, and uh, Joe, the, the, the coach came to me and says, coach, I don't want to go. I want, I'm here. I, you know, I want to, want to do things. And I said, I told him, I said, Gerald, just go and talk to the guy. 
you don't like it, you don't have to go. I'm just saying it's to be a better job for you than here, you know. So um, he comes back. He says, boy, it was really good. Mm. <laughs> so he wound up taking the job and he wound up coaching for him for about 20 years. And he wound up in the NFL. Uh, guy became a, a head coach twice in the NFL. And, uh, you know, so it was, a, it was a great move. And, you know, it was Tom Kaufman is the guy that he went to work for, mm. uh, who Jacksonville Jaguars and, and Tom and I were, he was my quarterback coach in Syracuse when I was the offensive coordinator. And so <laughs> his career went pretty well for him too. So, uh, uh, but yeah, but Joe worked for him for almost 20 years, I think. And uh, so it was, uh, it was a good move for him. It's good. But that, I mean, that's just, those are the kind of things that, that I mean, I had some really good people with me and, and uh, they all worked hard, and I gave them a chance. I gave them a chance to move on if they wanted to. But uh, nowadays, it's just I gotta get here. I go there. Yeah, it's just I don't think it's the best. But what am I to say? <clears throat> that's a, that's a really good wisdom, there, Coach. Coach, when you were at Ball State, when you became a, a head coach, what was your your program philosophy? Where were you going to build the program upon? What are the the pillars of of your beliefs? Well, I, I think that basically it was to do things the right way and to try and, I mean, I had a, a style of football that I you know, was looking for, but the basis of it was we're going to do things right. And um, I, I think part of it was it's, uh, you know, just the fundamental things. I mean, I, I was sick. I mean, you take your hat off when you come into the office. Um, you, you don't swear. Uh, I said, you can use all the four letter words I use, you know, and, uh, and you can drink as much as I drink. So I don't drink and I don't swear. So mm. uh, those were, the, those, those were things that I felt were very important and just to do things right, to treat, you know, to treat women, right. To be polite. Um, I mean, the football was all there. I mean, but those were the, the, the foundations that we just, that was very, very important to me. And in all my days of coaching, I, I coached in Virginia for a while. And, and, um, and that we had one guy who was a great player, but boy, could he cuss, you know, and, mm. and uh, I'd walk into the locker room and he'd stop immediately. See, sorry, coach. And then I'd walk out and he'd start right back up again. But, you know, but at least he respected my, my beliefs that the, and the players that played for me, even though the other guys on the team, you know, would do things, they, they, it was important to me that they did not do those things. And uh, uh, so those were the foundations of it that, and we did a lot of things in the community. We were big brothers, big sisters. Uh, you know, we tried to, I tried to get them out and do other things for other people. And, uh, you know, I had one player that was in business and he wound up, um, on to be in the superintendent of schools in one of the towns in Indiana, big school in Indiana. Mm. But he switched to education because he had done this thing with the big brothers, big sisters. And I'd have him go read to the kids. I'd have him go read the kids. And, uh, you know, just things like that, just to try and do other things that were um, not just football. I mean, it, I mean, I had some good players that went on into the pros and, and uh, did some stuff, but um we tried to win games, do them the right way, be be sound as a team, and uh, to try and treat each other with respect. And um, 
that was that was basically the foundation. I mean, we can talk about football philosophy. I mean, you know, I was going to run the ball, and um, but we wound up throwing it a lot. Uh, Herb Dramedy, who coached at Central Michigan, used to call me Air Shudell because I'd throw the ball so much. Uh, but um, we, we, you know, that was it was a different, you know, play defense, good kicking game, and and uh, run the football and do what you had to do to you know to to win the game, but do it the right way. Yeah, so you, Air Shadell, coach, talk to me about that. What what made you want to do that? Well, my first year at Ball State, uh, we weren't very big, we weren't very strong, and we weren't very fast. So uh, I had to try and fool them. But we we were uh, we were probably one of the the better teams around on misdirection passing, bootlegs, and. Uh, and you know, naked and throwing the ball. And I had a tight end that was almost third in receptions in the league. And I had a receiver that was first in the league. Now, we, people weren't throwing the ball as much then, but uh, it's all relative. But we um, we did a lot with uh, throwing the ball that way and, and trying to, you know, deception that way and then run the ball. And, and we, we struggled a lot with that. But uh, later on, we, you know, we did what we had to do to win. And mm. we played Toledo one year and we were down 30 to three with three minutes to go in the third quarter. And we won 31 to 30. Oh my God. Uh, and we, Mike knew was my quarterback who's now the head coach at ball state. And uh, we threw for, I think 470 yards that day. Mm. Um, and one receiver had 295 yards reception. So you just did what you had to do, you know, and we, uh, you know, it was first and, first and 10 on the two, and we went 98 yards on the first play. Uh, oh, my gosh. So, you know, we, we, were, we were sound that way, and uh, you know, we could throw it to catch up if we had to, or we could run it to, to run the clock out. So, you know, we, we were very good at running the ball, uh, power game uh, was very strong. I even uh, gave a lecture at the uh, American Football Coaches Association on the power game um, one year because we, we were good at it. We were, we were one of the best. And the, um, so, but we, we knew how to throw the ball and it was a lot of play action stuff that we did because we, we they had to respect the run. You know? and, and one year, we, we uh, you probably understand, you know, the counter where you pull the guard, the tackle and all mm -hmm. that stuff. If yeah. You run the counter. Well, we ran the pass off the counter that year and never ran the counter. Oh, wow. We never ran it once, I don't think. And when we threw it, it was one of our best passes. I'd pull that guard and that tackle would come down and he'd come down slow and then he'd pin the guy down in there. And the fullback, we had split action with the fullback and the tailback because you were still two back. Then fullback would log the end, and the mm. quarterback come around, drag the tight end, drag the receiver across, and run the run the split end down the field. It was out of a pro set, and the tight end would keep catching it. And then every once in a while, we'd throw it deep to the receiver, and they'd all bite on the tight end underneath, and the receiver would go back for a touchdown. So um, that was. I always tell people, you know, you don't necessarily have to run because everybody else in the league ran that run and so they had to defend about it even our own defense knew i was doing it. Mm. and they would uh, they would still go for it you know because that's what they were taught to do 
but uh, yeah, so that was the, the basis of our, of our game at that time was uh, uh, because we weren't very, we didn't have any fast backs. And then I got a tailback that could run. And then we started to, we went to one back. Mm. That was revolutionary at the time. I know when I talked to a friend of mine, I said, Bo would be, Bo would be just, you know, you know, having a fit that, you know, what shotgun, we did shotgun, we went to shotgun, all those things, which are, you know, we just kept expanding the game that way. And mm. we went to no huddle, uh, which again, wasn't very much at the time. And so we were no huddle, we were shotgun, we were one back, um, and then devised our things, how to do it, you know, adapt the same stuff we were doing. So, um, we tried to be progressive and keep moving with the times and, uh, um, you know, we signaled in all the plays and, uh, not as sophisticated as they do it now, but, uh, mm-hmm. was a, at the time was, I, and I signaled a lot of times for many years. I did that, um, until my quarterbacks talked me in that we'll do it coach. So I let them do it. Coach, that is so interesting that the the evolution is very interesting. What made you as a coach think I have to evolve instead of just doing it the way we've always done it? Is that just a person like your personality or with somebody talk to you about that? How did that, how did that come about? Well, I, I think it was, you know, some of the coaches that I had were, were you know, we, we talk about it, but I, I just, you know, felt that, you know, I'd look around what's going on and I'd see things. And I mean, other people were doing some of the one back stuff and, but now we can we can go out and do this, and how how can we adapt the plays that we run um, from those formations? The other thing was we, I know at Michigan, we'd be up there sometimes, and, and uh, Bo or somebody else would get a wild idea about we ought to do this, and now we never no, we you understand we haven't practiced it mm. since August. And so now they want to do these, put these new plays in and new blocking schemes just for this team that we're playing. So I would get so frustrated and, and with it. And, and one year, we're getting ready to play Illinois. And it's 10 o'clock and somebody gets this harebrained idea about we ought to block it this way. And, and I said, this, this, we can't, we, we shouldn't do that. We don't do that. So they went on. I, I walked out of the meeting. I went over in, the, in my office. I said, I'm not listening to this stuff. I'm not going to be part of this. And so about, I don't know, it was about 1130 or something. Bo says, where's Paul? And he says, one of the guys says, he's over in the office. Well, that's time to go home. Hmm. So we went home. We got our butt speed on Saturday too. So I vowed that if we don't put it in in August, we ain't putting it in the rest of the year. Hmm. We get it done. And the whole basis of it was, um, one of the another philosophy, I hate to ramble here a little bit, but we're playing Ohio State my first year and we're playing for the Big Ten Championship uh, in, in, in Michigan. And mm-hmm. they spring what they used to call what, what they used to call the um, the defense Chicago Bears had the bear defense mm-hmm. where you had middle guard, two threes, you know, two sevens, and then you'd have the, the linebackers in there. And they, what they, they would jump into this thing and walk out. And our blocking schemes did not handle it. I'm, I spent the whole game trying making adjustments on the sideline how to handle this defense because our defense was so darn good. Ohio State scored on the first drive, and then this three downs and out until seven minutes left in the game. So I'm, I got three downs. I'm working on it so I could get one play done, 
and send them back in. Come out, we do the next one, get the next play. Because the blocking, our pass protections didn't handle the blitz up the middle. Mm. So again, based on that, when the fall camp, we always worked on the bear defense. We had our plays would all work against it. Uh, I, I made sure they worked against all the base defenses that people that we would play. They worked. So we had very few plays, but we could block them all. We, our adjustments fit that. I was not going to get caught with my pants down again. And I think that's important for people to learn that, you know, you can get all these harebrained ideas and you can put them in. But I think you, you put your system in, and if it's good and you, you're thorough, you can handle what you're going to see for the year. And then it's a matter of when you call them and you know, how you do it. And you may adjust a route or you may adjust that or something. You may put in a route. But the protection for the lineman is so important that you don't keep changing the protection. Mm. We had Sean Payton with us at Illinois. Sean was, at that time, I knew was going to, he, he's brilliant. He had a mind and worked faster. And I was a coordinator there. And uh, uh, Sean, he come up and said, we could do this, this, and this, and this. And so that's fine, Sean. I said, how are you going to block it? And I said, that's the only thing I cared about. I didn't care what routes they ran, what it was, what the accident. How are the alignment going to block it? And is it fit in our system? And that was the, the basis of the whole thing was that we could do that. And uh, it was very, very important. And I I think he's, you know, they, they probably uh, hope that carried on with him for a long time because you got to be able to block it. And, you know, if the quarterback's, well, we'll read it. Mm. Well, that's fine. Well, what if he doesn't read it? And he gets his rear end whacked, you know? So, but that was the thing that was very important to me that we always could block whatever people could do. We had it in our system so we could adjust and the kids didn't become confused and, uh, disappointed because well we can't do that uh, and you can't just come well you got to block it and you can't just tell them that you got to be able to have a way to explain to them how to do it yeah absolutely I, I run into that at the high school level you'll get guys saying hey let's put this play in let's put that play in well does it fit and can we block that <laughs> they're always my questions that's good you're on the right track because it's I mean it's, you know if you could put a backfield action in very easily Mm -hmm. if you can still block it the same way you do for another play mm. and that, that's fine but yeah it's you look at it one team and then what if they don't do that maybe they did that against that team because they were they ran a style of offense but you're totally different so they're not going to use this so you put the play in based on what you saw there that's why i always tried to look at films of teams that were similar to us mm. You know, did they run the ball? Did they do play action passes? You know, um, because I'll tell you, another example was of that theory is that Purdue, when they had, um, oh, uh, I can't remember the quarterback saying this was back in, in the 70s, but um, we played them and, and Bill McCartney was our defensive coordinator. And they blitzed. Every time they play action pass, they blitzed the linebacker because mm. They were not. They didn't. They couldn't handle the scheme, and so they didn't complete a pass. They didn't score a touchdown. I think they got three points the whole game, and they were rolling right along. But because of what they, you know, they the scheme, they didn't have the ability to adjust to what Bill was doing. He blitzed them every time. Mm. That guard blocked down. That linebacker came. It, it didn't matter what, and and consequently, you know, um, they they. 
they didn't do anything. They couldn't do anything because you, you got to be able to adjust what, and you got to have it in your scheme of things to say, all right, we'll use this protection you know, to do that. So, mm-hmm. so I got to, I got to, I'm wondering, what made you want to go to Germany to coach? I had five grandkids there and son and daughter in law. Oh, wow, man. Talk, coach, talk about that experience a little bit, if you don't mind. That is, that's really unique. Well, the first time I went to France. France, okay. Uh, I retired uh, from Albion College on a Friday or a Thursday or so, I don't know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, somebody had a ceremony. And the next day I was in Paris getting picked up to go to a little town called Alencor, France. And I just, I, I didn't want to, thought maybe be, our son was over there at the time and I wanted to get a job um, you know close to where they were mm. and I looked at things and um, but then they decided to come home and I'd already gotten the job you know oh, and so well, we went we went so they came back to the states and we went to France but um, so we it was just I, I had a friend that um, used to coach at Penn State that I'd met when I was at Michigan. I we will visit Penn State a lot because they did a lot of things that we did and um, to uh, do that. But um, so I thought, well, this 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 would. Be, he said you'd be good here, and so I got the job and went into town. And we we had my wife speaks French, and I I knew right, left, and straight ahead and how to tell them to be quiet, uh, to shut their big mouth. I could tell them that. And so um, we went there, and it was a great time. Uh, uh, but the, the French are just, they're hard to, they're hard to coach. I mean, the, they, they don't want to speak English. Uh, some of the players did. I had linemen. I had one guy that would trans, translate for me. I'd explain something, and they translated. And, you know, sometimes it was, a, I don't know if you ever, um, uh, the book Playing for Pizza. Have you ever read that? I have not, no. Uh-uh. Oh, you, by John Grisham? Oh, you got to read it. You got to read it because what I'm going to tell you, and then you read it, uh, the, those teams over there, um, You, the first game that I played, you know, we won. First game, my, my coaching group started off with a win. They were in smoking and drinking beer after the game. You know, and there were practices where no lineman would show up. Mm. Zero would show up. And so then I'd have this practice plan fixed up for them, and then no lineman would show up. So we'd have to adjust to that. Or, or there may be, you know, no receivers. Uh, I mean, you don't you ever knew who was going to show up in practice. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And so that, that experience, alone, but we had a great time in France. I mean, we would, We'd go to Paris probably 16 times. Or, you know, we would go up there for the day and or sometimes stay overnight. We went to Normandy. We went to Bordeaux. We, you know, we we went all over. But to, the French, you know, we were in the tournament and there was a in, in that book. There's a team that they played. It's uh, the team that um, this guy was for. The, the underdog they wanted to beat him, but uh, we played them in the tournament and we beat them. So mm. I'm saying we beat the team that was in playing for pizza but uh, we drove 20 hours to Valencia Spain and we got there and you know we talked to said well we, we, we said we, we, well, we don't need a meeting tonight so okay we won't have a meeting so my wife and I went out but these guys uh, they go out and then they come back for a, for a meeting that I 
you know, it was just kind of a, a different organization. And I told him, I said, we need to you know, get in and, you know, be ready for tomorrow. Well, they stayed out all night. Mm. They stayed out all night. None of them, they didn't go to bed. They, I mean, they're drinking and doing stuff all night, you know, and we come in for pregame meal at 745. They show up in the morning. So the game gets to be about 75 or 80 degrees. You talk about them wilting and we lost the game. Mm. And uh, so it was just, uh, you know, it was not a great, but the German one was much better. I went there as an assistant coach. I was just going to coach, run the offense, do the offense. And, um, we were there for about three weeks and we had a Saturday practice and the coach calls him up and he starts talking to him. And I said to the guy, what's he talking about? He says, he's quitting. So the guy, the guy quit, the head coach quit. And so, you know, I kind of took over because none of the rest of them had any head coaching experience. So they finally made me coach on Sunday. And so I was the head coach after that. And it was great. We had a great time until all my Americans got hurt. Oh every man. One got, every one of them got a knee injury and it was over. Mm. He said, when was the season over? I said, July. But we played until September. I said it was over in July. Uh, all those guys, we couldn't win another game. I mean, it was just, it was terrible. Mm. And, uh, but anyway, it was, it was good. And uh, we had a great time with our uh, grandkids, my son. And, uh, and we had, it was just a great experience. And we're, we're anxious to go back and see them. We haven't seen them in two years. And, mm. So we want to get back over there. But uh, it was great. I mean, it's fun. It was, uh, they, they love football. They, they like, uh, uh, I mean, those guys are those serious. They have fan clubs, and my wife used to go with the fan club. But we're still in contact with a lot of those people. And every year I go back, when I go back to Germany, we, I, I call uh, some of the linemen, and we all get together for a meal. We all have dinner together. It's mm. so fun. It's a good experience. And I go back, if I had, if I was, my heart wasn't such a problem, I would have, I would go back and do it again. Uh, you know, just to, it's, it's fun to do that. It's fun to be around football guys that wanted to play. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was good. Hmm. That's awesome, Coach. So, Coach, what are, you, what are you doing these days in your, your retirement, in your well-earned retirement? Well, I, um, I would, you know, it would be fun to do something with football, or even, uh, you know, look at film and mm-hmm. look at see what I see and stuff like that. But, um, nobody wants an old guy to do that anyway. So, uh, but I, we, we live here in Chelsea. We moved back because of my doctors and, uh, but we're busy doing stuff. Uh, we're just, I don't know where the days go. You know, I, I work, we have an exercise place across the street that I go work out in the gym and we do that. I try and ride my bike. Um, mm. so I'm starting dulcimer lessons. I've been playing for about two years and now it's time to, to get a little coaching. I need some coaching. Uh, mm. uh, on the thing, but I, we, we just enjoy it. And our grandson is going to be an intern here at U of M. And so he's going to live with us this summer. This is be fun. He's, uh, he's the oldest and he's the closest to us. I think and all the, all the other four kids, he's probably the closest to us. And, um, we taken him to college the last two years because of COVID. His parents couldn't get over here from Germany. Mm. And so we've been taking him to school the last couple of years. And, wow. Uh, it's been fun, but we're just still you know, keeping busy, and uh, we have a lot of friends in, in the area because Ann Arbor's just down the street, so that's back with a lot of things. I, I get together with a bunch of Michigan guys on a couple Thursdays a month, and um, I can go over to practice. Uh, Jim said I could go to practice anytime I want, so um, I'm going to do that in the fall. I'm going to go over and 
stand around and watch. I told him I wouldn't say anything. I just watch and observe and just be around football. And uh, it, it's just like it's kind of like old times. But we have so many friends here and in Albion uh, that um, see. So it's kind of it's been it's been good for us. Hmm. Coach, that is awesome. Coach, thank you for coming on and doing this. This has been great. Well, I appreciate it very much. It's uh, it's fun to be able to, you know, uh, uh, we can talk football sometime too. I, but uh, I can I can show you how to run the power game if you ever want to do that. Coach, I would love to. I'm, I need to get up there to Michigan. My dad played for the Tigers for a couple of years. I, I've always enjoyed the, the, the state of Michigan. When did he play for the Tigers? 93 and 94. His name's Storm Davis. He played there for a couple of years right before the strike. Oh, okay. Uh, when, when did you say it was 90 what? 93 and 94, I believe. Was He didn't uh, play with Fidrich, did he? No, he was after after that. He was with uh, like Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, Cecil Fielder, those guys. Oh, they were playing? Alan was playing then and those guys were playing? It was the end of their career. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've been a Tigers fan since I've been about seven years old, mm. and I just um, you know my wife went to school with Jim Leland. Uh, oh okay, she was they were high school classmates together, so we've gone to some games. You know, Jim has gotten us down there, but then when Bo was there, we used to go up. Uh, you know, two or three times we went up and and would sit in his box mm. uh, and uh, and watch the games from there. But I I just uh, my one of my greatest thrills in coaching. I, my first year at New Hampshire, we win the championship, and the head coach is at the convention, and they asked. There was a thing called the Manchester Baseball Dinner, hmm. which was a huge thing. I mean, there were like two thousand people at this banquet. I mean, it was huge, and they invited our football team to come, and so I got to speak, um, representing the coach, and, and you know, talking uh, at the banquet. Uh, but Al Kaline was there. Oh, man. Yeah. And so afterwards, I grabbed this photographer and said, you got to get my picture with Al Kaline. You know, and so we got, I got my picture taken with Al Kaline. And I, my grin is from ear to ear. Because mm. <laughs> here, here I am, some kid from, from Swanton, Ohio, uh, standing next to Al Kaline. It was just, uh, it was a wonderful treat. And uh, always, always cherish that moment. Hmm. Coach, that's awesome, man. I, I appreciate your wisdom and your stories. This is this has made my day, Coach. This is awesome. This is fantastic. Well, I, I I'm glad to do it. It was been fun. It's to uh, you know reminiscing about some of those things, bring back some fond memories of uh, a lot of stuff, and uh, it's 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 been good. But I appreciate it, and uh, I thank uh, Kyle for uh, you know reaching out to do that, and. Uh, um, this has been very good. I appreciate it very much. And uh, if you ever want to talk football, just give me a call. Or come up. I'll, we can sit down and uh, I can pontificate to the best of them, you know? Absolutely, Coach. That That is definitely going to happen. That That is uh, – well, i got to make a trip up there and, and get with you, and that would be a good time. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, just let me know. you got my number, and uh, uh, I'll keep you in my uh, – I'll keep you in my directory, so you call, I'll answer your calls.